Hello there, and welcome to the Ideas and Beers podcast. You're here with your host, Ryan, and uh, I'm one of the co-founders of Ideas and Beers. Uh, also, we are with Emma Price from Empire92. Um, we'll go into that in a second, but we are actually currently sitting in her living room. Uh, she is in a onesie, uh, so we're having a very chilled out podcast here. We're just setting the uh, the tone for you all. So, um, yeah, well, it is a Sunday after all, so, you know, we wouldn't really want us to be sitting in uh, in a boring little cold cafe or something like that. So we've chosen a living room instead to uh, bring this podcast to you. And there'll be a photo going up later on uh, social media, which will be... uh, basically us two sitting in the living room so yeah um first of all well thank you for listening to the ideas and beers podcast um there was an intro that was uh, sent out yesterday uh, just describing a little bit about what the podcast is going to be about and what Ideas and Beers is. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, um, I will go through it again briefly. So Ideas and Beers is a community which was set up back in March 2019 uh, with the mission of helping people to kind of make connections and to work with one another in a in a, like a safe environment and just basically rely on um, on a support network of people um, which they might not find if they you know in their family and their friends and things like that so if they've got an idea or a problem or an issue uh, there's a safe network of people to kind of come to and just have an informal beer and a chat with um, you know about about whatever they've got going on so the ideas and beers podcast um, the main kind of mission that we've got with this is to interview as many people as possible from all sorts of walks of life just to really drill down on you know their 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 kind of mindset the things that they've done you know the messages they've got to to spread and to just to spread good information good stories uh, and you know send give give you all of that kind of information so um yesterday like i said was the intro we have uh, we've got Emma here for the first official podcast and we're going to be having uh, two guys who have got their uh, their own property business coming on in the next uh, the next few days as well so keep an eye out for that now let's get into the podcast shall we Okay, so uh, I'm sitting here with Emma, like I said, and Emma is the founder of Empire 92. Now, Empire 92 is a ladies' winter sports brand, and um, we'll go into that in a second, okay, but um, I'm just going to give you a bit of an insight into Emma, okay? So, Emma, first of all, what would you say is the one thing that sets your soul on fire? We always start with a big question, by the way, on the Ideas and Beers podcast. It's called Big Q. So, Emma? Hi, Ryan. Um, Welcome to my living room. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone also. So I think the thing that sets my soul on fire, um, and I've sort of come to realise this in the last couple of years, is novelty and adventure. So Mm. nothing sort of fulfills me more than, and this is a really strange concept to like my family. I'm a bit of a black sheep in my family, but new things in terms of not material things or stuff but new experiences like especially if they're active as well like active experiences Mm -hmm. like diving into pools and you know unfamiliar places or climbing up rocks and trees and all of that sort of thing so I was like your typical tomboy when I was growing up so Mm. you'd always find me like falling over rocks and falling out of trees and breaking (laughs) my arm and just that sort of person so i think in one word it would probably be adventures 
Cool. Awesome. Love that. Um, I completely get what you're saying there about the uh, the active adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very, very important to get uh, to get out there in nature and to really to to do this some crazy stuff, some crazy shit. Because I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think yeah, no, it's um, it's something like you you know me personally as well. Like I love that kind of stuff. So um, no, I think that's awesome. So thank you for the big que- answering the big question. You're welcome. Um, just want to go into uh, one of your passions actually. So um, in the description I mentioned about Emma. So she's got like I said her uh, winter sports um or ladies winter sports brand clothing brand. Um, but you are a bit of a snowboarder to say the least, aren't you? I am. You are. Um, when was the first time you went snowboarding? Um, the first time I went snowboarding, it's actually quite a funny story because mm. considering it's such a huge part of my life now, um, it wasn't always a huge part of my life because I only started when I was 22. Mm. So I was quite a late starter when skiing and snowboarding is concerned. And it all happened because um, I sort of followed the same path as a lot of people do. I went to school, went to college, went to university, and I went into an office. Mm. And it took maybe like 18 months of office life to sort of break me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I felt like I I was missing something and I felt like I needed to be out there exploring, seeing the world. And it was the wrong time of year to sort of get a summer job. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone was like... (laughs) What what about a winter season? And I, I was like, what the hell is a winter season? Bear in mind, I'd never been to the mountains, apart from the Brecon Beacons and mm. our back door. But I'd never been to the mountains. I'd nev- I, would, I didn't even like the cold, if I'm honest with you. I didn't particularly like going outside in winter. So, but everyone, it was kind of a seed that got planted in me a couple of months before. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to apply for a winter season and mm. see what happens. And like, obviously it changed my life. It changed my life in such a magical way. And I actually learned how to ski first. Mm. So I skied first and I sort of like I enjoyed it because it was physical and it was outside and it was in the mountains and stuff. And I really enjoyed that. But I don't know. I was like, oh, I, just, I still don't get why people spend so much money on this. Mm. Like, okay. you know, they, they do spend a lot of money on winter holidays from the UK. And then one day, um, there was a big group of us that worked together. And one of the girls there, who happened to have the same size feet as me, Mm. really wanted to put on my skis because she was a snowboarder. And I was like, all right, let's do a swap for the afternoon. I was like, I'll just like try snowboarding. Wing it. Uh, Yeah, just (laughs) wing it. And I put on the boots. And honestly, I was like, oh my God, this is me. Mm. Like, I just had like this sort of excitement in my stomach like I was just like my eyes would just must have been like way mm-hmm. alert and then I put on the board and um the one of the reasons I really liked it was because it was a lot easier to stop than on skis mm-hmm. so on skis you like talk to like like cross you know put your skis into like a triangle or mm-hmm. pizza pizza and chips doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like pizza but um I was thrown into the deep end of my first ski lesson and basically I went went too fast and I ended up like crashing into someone and standard me, like Mm. standard accident prone. But (laughs) um, yeah, when I put on a snowboard, I just felt like really naturally good at it. Just felt naturally taken by it and I could stop um, because I just dug in my heels and I was good on like Mm. surprisingly my balance was good. Yeah. Um, So then after that, I got like an official lesson Mm. and the instructor was like, oh my God, I've never ever met someone like that's picked it up this quickly. He was Mm. like, you don't need to be on the baby slope. You need to be up the lifts. Mm. Went up the lifts on my first, my first go. So that's 
like it it was sort of all of the combination of like the excitement the feeling that I was good at it the like the praise as well because obviously that plays a lot into like your mentality mm-hmm. but then it just in my head I was like I can do this I'm good at this I love this and mm. that was it that was just where it all started awesome that's awesome yeah um, I'd be interested, actually, if any of uh, if any of the listeners who are, uh, are you know into snowboarding, very passionate about snowboarding, I'd really like to hear um, why you, other people got into it as well. Actually, so if you if you can if you're listening to this and you love snowboarding, can you please tell us why? And feel free free to get in touch with Emma as well, because uh, I think your stories like that are awesome. To be honest, to find the different things that people find that, that, that they, they're passionate mm-hmm. about just discovering those passions and I think like you've said but it, it's happened by chance almost isn't it you just yeah. kind of put yourself out there to discover something new and then you've totally changed your life really and your outlook on yeah. life um yeah pretty I love much that. like every decision I have made since then hmm. has revolved around snowboarding like <laughs> that's how much of a like of a life change it was for me just from swapping boots with somebody yeah essentially yeah <laughs> and that's and you know i love that because that is that is life in its essence really isn't it it's just like one little thing that you do and all of a sudden it's snow snowballs no you know pun intended <laughs> um it snowballs into something which can really define you as a person yeah. just just trying that what and just putting yourself out there to try something new and then really just letting it take you ryan so, yes why don't you share your first experience of snowboarding <laughs> okay right um so well we went to tamworth which is up near birmingham to the um to emma she would Convinced me, uh, no, convinced me to uh, to come and try it. So I've tried skiing before, not the best at skiing. Um, but I thought, okay, we'll we'll give snowboarding a try. I mean, I wasn't terrible. Uh, I nearly took out a few kids on the way down, um, but they were all fine in the end. So it's okay. Uh, you know, it was never that bad. I didn't break anything. And I think I managed to do a couple of turns and a few stops and stuff. So, which for a first time on snowboard is incredible. I feel like Emma's lying about no, this. No, I'm but... not. I need to, I need some backing for this. <laughs> like actually doing a turn, like from your front side to your backside on a snowboard on your first ever go on a snowboard. That's an achievement. We'll take your word for it. Yeah. But uh, me personally, I think my, my ass was hurting at the end of that. So, I mean, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that. <laughs> um, where have you been snowboarding to altogether then? What countries? You um, know? I've been to a few now. So I've been to, I, my first season was in Italy. Mm-hmm. So I've skied quite a few resorts in Italy, um, mostly in the Sousa Valley, but a little bit of the Iosta Valley as well. Mm-hmm. I've skied France, so Les Du Alpes, Mont Genève, Sir Chevalier, that sort of place. Um, I've done Austria a couple of times. And then I've also done down in the southern hemisphere, New Zealand as well. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. And it was incredible. I love New Zealand. Like, mm. If we talk about New Zealand, we'll be here all night. <laughs> How long have you been in New Zealand for? I was in New Zealand for a year. A year. Okay, yeah. cool. And you were living with... Um, if you'll remind me, who, who were you living with when you were out there? What was the... Uh... In New Zealand? In New Zealand, yeah. Um, well, I lived around the place quite a lot. Mm. And I lived in a van at some point, which yeah. is like That's a right of passage mm. <laughs> um, for living in New Zealand. Not in the winter, though. It's, it's a bit chilly for the winter. Mm. But in the summer, definitely live in a van mm. in New Zealand. That should be like everybody's bucket list item. Yeah, that, is, that does sound very nice. It was incredible. <laughs> you would love New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, do you know what? I, I want to travel to New Zealand just because that's where they filmed Lord of the Rings. I, I just... Oh my gosh, that was like one of the biggest like drivers for me to go out there as well. 
<laughs> yeah, I just want to go. I just want to be in Bilbo Baggins's little cottage. Oh my god! Do you yeah. know though they're empty. They are don't empty. Tell me this. I'm sorry, but no, don't, it's, don't. it's still magical. Like don't, no, no, no. Magical. I mean, don't tell me this because that I will the move in. The pub is full. I will move in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was surprised. Like, so even when they were filming, they said that all of the all of the little Hobbit mm-hmm. houses were empty, completely empty, and they did all of the inside filming in a studio, which maybe to be expected, but mm. it's it was like magical, like butterflies and like it's literally like walking into like a fairy tale oh, but it's super busy like lots of tourists yeah i can imagine i can imagine but just to like another little point there as well so they've got the green dragon um pub. oh okay yeah and people didn't realize so i just saw these like costumes hanging around mm-hmm. and obviously me being me i just picked them up and put them on and i made a friend <laughs> with a couple um, and the guy's name was Billy, and he decided he was like, "I'm gonna join you. I'm gonna put on things as well." And I was like, <laughs> "Let's take off our shoes," and we started walking around like actual hobbits. And his girlfriend was there, like looking at us, like, "Oh my god, like what? <laughs> Who are you people? What like, is going what? on? Yeah, put the costumes down." But it was good. <laughs> what is going on? Yes. <laughs> All right. What? Uh, where's the best place you've been? Not skiing, just in general. What's the best like, kind of place you've travelled to? Would you say it's New Zealand? Oh my god, what a difficult question. Mm. I appreciate like I appreciate the ver- like the different things in different places. Like I haven't got a best because everywhere I've been has been special in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think I would like to retire to New Zealand, but I've not seen all the other countries yet, so mm-hmm. I've got to you know I've, it's not a fair judgment yet. Okay, got to tick them all off. You've got to work your way around. Yeah. That's fair enough. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, okay. So what's the what would you say is your best memory from traveling? Best, not best, best place or anything like just best memory, like one of the you know the things which has stood out the most. Yeah, well, you know? so it actually was when I was in a van, mm. when I was living in a van, and um, it's the mo- it's the time where I felt most at peace, yeah. and the time where I felt really sort of happy, just content from like the inside out. I barely had any possessions, like it was nearly at the end of my time in New Zealand, so like my money was a bit short and. I was at, I was living like in like a hippie commune, okay, next to the beach. So you literally in front of you had the beach and like all the waves, and we had um, a resident seal as well that used to come and say hello. Um, a resident seal. A resident, I love that. He came, yeah, he came up and said hello every every now and again. And then over to the left, um, so this was in a place called Kaikoura in New Zealand. Over to the left, you had like the mountains like the glorious like mountains and it, it had been like raining and stuff so like the top is all snow capped bear in mind it was summertime so it was just like weird but amazing and then you had like all this farmland and forestry like all around you so it was literally like the most peaceful like natural place and every night like all of us guys that were living in the vans would just like get together around the fire we'd all bring like bits of vegetable or whatever and we just stick it all in this pan and cook it all together and we'd sit around and eat together and it was just like so simple and and like you have like the glorious like night sky out there as well but it was really it sort of made me realize that the best things in life really are like the simple things you just yeah i was just about to say that then when as soon as you said that there's a few things you mentioned you said about you know um you had minimal possessions uh, you know, you had kind of people around you in a in a small kind of community, mm. you know, living out of a van and 
you know, appreciating, you know, the, like you said, they're not now actually cooking the food yourselves and yeah. things like that in the community. And I think what you've said there is, is really, really important because it's like we all... We're all so reliant, uh, especially in, in like in Western culture. I think we're so reliant on material possessions, and we're marketed to, um, to you know, to buy all you know, like different material possessions and things like that. And essentially, a lot of the time, stuff that we don't need, uh, which doesn't kind of serve a purpose for us. But I think what you've touched on there is really interesting because it's like you know the the key, I think the the key thing to happiness there, or one of the the mm. most. Um, memorable moments for you is is the most simple isn't it Do you yeah, know what I mean? actually absolutely. just having that community around you having you know, nature around you and things like that and yeah. i know from my my own experience as well i was trying to say things that i was grateful for uh, grateful grateful for <laughs> grateful for uh, a couple of days ago and i thought well you know you've got family you've got friends you know the things that are going on but i mean the, the kind of the key things that came up for me in terms of what i was grateful for was you know, being down the beach and, you know, walking onto the beach with the sun, you know, glaring in my face, mm-hmm. uh, the waves crashing, the wind, you know, blowing in my face, uh, you know, just the kind of the scent, the, the smell, the fresh, the smell, well, I don't say the smell of fresh air, but, you know, the fresh, the, <laughs> the, the breathing in the fresh air. And, you know, that was, for me, it was a simple moment, but nothing else mattered in that moment. And I yeah. think it's, um, it's very, very interesting when you strip back all of these possessions. I think you really do start mm. to understand then, you know, what happiness is and how to how to achieve yeah. it. So I love that. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. So going off a little bit on uh, a tangent from uh, mountains and th- well, no, actually, it's not. It's not going off on a tangent. But I was going to ask you what. Um, well, how long ago did you set up your business first of all? Um. So I set up my business in. Well, it's kind of a strange story. So. After my year in New Zealand, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was sort of coming home back up to the north and I went to Italy again to work in my friend's bar just as um, just as like a floor manager for like on the side of the lake. It was beautiful. Lake Garda, absolutely stunning place. I'd actually lived there before. I went back because it felt familiar to me. It felt, you know, I had something to go back to. Um... But while I was there, I realised, like, I just felt like I was working six days a week um, do for somebody else. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love the bar manager. We're really good friends and everything. But a part of me felt really unfulfilled. A part of me felt like I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. And I'd actually started a bit of a, like, a bit of a journey a couple of months previously, like a purpose journey, like trying to find my purpose. I knew I had a purpose, but I just hadn't figured it out yet and um I was thinking in my head it's going to be something that sort of fulfills me on every level so it fulfills my need for adventure my need for creativity my need to be in control because I am that type of person as well um and yeah it was going to sort of tick all of my boxes and one day I just had like a really really bad day at work I think I just didn't cope very well in that particular day but it was probably the best thing to happen to me because I went, I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm starting my business. And I already had it in my head. So my business is um, functional like winter wear for snowboarders and skiers, female snowboarders and skiers. And the reason is no matter where you go skiing or snowboarding, like Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, the kit for women, like the actual functionality, the actual quality of the stuff that's available for women is like so sub- part like it's so bad compared to like the quality of the men's stuff and I 
I it wasn't just me so I asked around like the people that I knew and I was like you know is it am I just is this just me or do I I just don't want to wear that stuff but I do want to go snowboarding so that's like a big dilemma and it wasn't just me so I was like right I'm just going to fix that problem and what it meant was that I could start like drawing because I really enjoy like that side of things like drawing and coming up with ideas and sketching and solving a problem for like women as well and women that are like adventurous and it's like removing the barriers for women getting into like adventures and snow sports and what like if I can take away one of those barriers do you know what I mean there might be a few there might it might be mindset etc but if I can take away one then that's one less thing for them to worry about so the focus was all about um you know getting a sustainable company but also like really high quality materials and functionality in the actual clothing itself so the idea technically started in the summer of 20 what are we now 2020 2020. so it was 2018 when i started thinking about it Mm -hmm. the stuff actually arrived so i gave myself no time at all i literally just took messy action like don't know if you ever heard of that but like i literally i am such a person for like trying to run before i can walk and that's exactly what i did so the stuff arrived on on um, the 22nd of December 2018. I didn't have a clue how to market anything. I didn't have a clue how to sell online. I literally built a biz like built a website and like fan like spent so much time on YouTube trying to figure stuff out and really sort of I sort of enclosed myself in like all winter as well. Um just to test it and see if it would work and like the feedback was amazing and it went really really well for that winter. And then obviously by like spring, I was like, oh, right, now what? (laughs) Now what do I do? I've got a seasonal business. Um, But I did, you know, I made the decision at the end of that winter. So this was like, what, March 2019 that I wanted to grow it. And I wanted to go at it even harder this winter, which winters, so 2019, 2020. So I'm not, I'm like literally in the infancy of the business still. It's very young. But I think the foundation on which I've built it is sort of a strong one based on like some core values. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It does indeed. Um, what you said about core values there. So mm. um, you mean core values that are personal to you or? I just think like when you start a business, you have to think like bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I could, you know, I could go down the route of I just want to make as much money as possible in a short amount of time as possible. Mm-hmm and like get rich quick and whatever but like I want fi- I want to fix these problems and I want to remove these barriers and I also want to be a company that's sort of good for the environment because that's yeah. like such an important issue which is why I teamed up with Tree Generation which you are also aware of mm-hmm. so that's on Instagram if you guys want to follow Tree Generation so we go out and plant some trees for per- every purchase um, but it's that sort of thing I think that it automatically sets you apart from other people and it automatically sets your business apart like and that's before you even get into like your in your personal intrinsic values mm-hmm. hope that makes sense no that bit makes perfect sense i mean one, one of the things i wanted to bring up and um, i did bring this up in the introduction i believe actually uh into the introduction of the podcast um but it's a guy called simon sinek and he's got a book called start with why which mm-hmm. was a really really influential book for me and it's something it resonated with me personally because I'd I had always chased businesses that I'd 
you know, just kind of fallen into almost. Oh, I thought, oh, there's an opportunity here. That, you know, this is great. And we kind of went from there. But then, you know, a few months or a few weeks down the line, all of a sudden I've realised, oh, OK, um, I don't actually enjoy this business as much as I thought. Oh, I don't love this business. Like, you know, I feel like I'm in a rut and I kept on getting into these ruts from the different businesses I was getting involved in. And, you know, and the business suffers for it as well. You suffer for it. And I think what it came down to when I read that book or when I, yeah, sorry, when I read that book, was, you know, he, he talks about really starting with the core purpose behind the business, behind the brand. What you, you know, what's your core purpose for that business? And, you know, he, um, obviously you can't see this if you're listening, uh, but if you were to imagine a big circle with, um, you know, two layers inside, so you'd have a, you know, an outer circle, uh, outer circle, another inner circle, and then one little circle in the center. Uh, you'd have what on the outside, you'd have how on the second tier, and then you'd have why in the centre. And uh, most businesses or most people in general, this is, doesn't translate to business. This can be about anything. You kind of start with the the what. You know, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to sell? And then you go further in, you think, okay, well, how am I going to sell something? You know, how am I going to do this? But everybody, or a lot, not everybody, but I'd say 90% or 95% of businesses and a lot of individuals as well in their own lives, they really forget to dig down to that kind of core, that why, that main purpose behind what they're planning on doing. And that can be relevant if you're going for a job as well. Why do I want this job? Why do, you know, what's my core values essentially? And I think if you're setting up a business or if you're getting you know, getting going into some sort of a job, I think you should really write down your core values, figure out what they are, and then tailor whatever it is you're about to do to your core values. Because if it doesn't resonate with your core values, if you're only doing it for uh, financial gain, for example, like you, you were talking about, you're really going to run out of passion and run out of enthusiasm quite early on. Um, I mean, with yourself, I mean, what was the kind of, you know, what was the why behind your business? Yeah, so this actually fits in really well with one of my, um, so one of my coping methods, actually, because I am an overthinker, like, well, I, I sometimes overthink, I shouldn't claim that as my identity, but I sometimes overthink. And um, something I read that really, really, really resonated with me was like, when people overthink and they become down and weigh down with their own thoughts, um, they're basically self-obsessed. Mm. They are obsessed with themselves. And I was like, holy shit, I am obsessed with myself. <laughs> and then one, the next bit in the book was, um, your life is not about you. Mm. Your life is not about you. And the more I live by that and the more I try to add value to other people's lives, the more like my life feels fulfilled. So the big why I think with Empire 92 is, like I said before, removing those barriers like for women. So it might start off with giving them the kit they need to go out and ski or snowboard or learn to snowboard. But what it could evolve into is, you know, well, the sky's the limit. It could evolve into far greater things. Like one of the things I would love to do and I'm hoping to do is, for example, introduce skiing and snowboarding to young women like maybe school-age women because i didn't have that opportunity when i was younger and i would be an olympic snowboarder by now if i did <laughs> <laughs> so you know ha somehow removing those barriers as well so like all of a sudden like financial there's no financial barriers there's no like barriers for kit there's no but you know hmm. and it just giving sort of women the opportunity to have an adventure yeah yeah i love that 
on me. <laughs> I just said it, and I was like, "Yes, that's my why." <laughs> I was going to say, you, you know, that's that's the vision, isn't it? You know, that's the that's the that's the vision you've got for it. And yeah. I think that's just as important as knowing where you started is knowing where you're going. Oh, having I that want vision. like an Empire ninety two indoor sports like arena hmm. in Wales. I want to be the first one. I think it's already in planning, but I mean, <laughs> I might try and get sponsorships in there. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's. I love it. I think you should do it. I yeah, think you should for sure. definitely chase that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's the with the business? What would you say is like, you know, what what's been a, a big challenge for you? Um, you know, in the business, you know, in terms of because a lot of entrepreneurs, like you know, if you're working on the business yourself, it, they they experience a lot of loneliness in mm. you know in the sense of you're kind of trapped within your own mind and you've got to you know you've got to talk to somebody about stuff you've got to try and you know yeah. have a network of people to actually discuss yeah. things with you know what, what what would you say is the biggest barrier with that you know 100 percent. so there's quite a few challenges actually and you just touched upon one of them which is like re- which i really really struggled with and that was loneliness so i said that i started that winter and essentially i started it from my bedroom in my parents house and i've already mentioned as well i'm a bit of a black sheep in my family anyway so to bounce ideas off people that don't necessarily see your vision and don't necessarily like they they love you and they support you but they also want to protect you and sometimes like you have to take risks and sometimes you need people around you that sort of believe in you but also encourage you and also help hold you accountable for certain things and have experience in business like None of my family or friends really, well, now I've got friends with businesses, but mm-hmm. beforehand I didn't have that exposure to people mm-hmm. who have businesses, like really successful businesses that, you know, or whatever the case may be, I didn't have those people around me at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something where, which I found in Ideas and Beers, um, and not just for like my business stuff, but a lot for my personal life, my accountability, Ryan actually stopped me drinking coffee and <laughs> although I hated him at the time I'm actually really grateful now because I have so much more energy and I don't get any like dips or cravings or anything I was such a coffee addict so it's it's stuff You're like welcome. that yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff like that as well I think where like a community of people is really really important and although you will still have challenges like I've had loads of challenges with like manufacturers and like logistical stuff and like you know big decisions and things going wrong and timings and all like really practical things and doing it all by yourself as well that's like something that I am trying to step away from because I am like I said I like the control and everything but it also exhausts me so Mm. something I'm working on to improve the business um but yeah I think you know you you will still you will still have these challenges but to have people around you that um, support you is like priceless hmm. yeah uh, that's the, well like you, you've touched upon it perfectly there I mean that's the the key thing for me with ideas and beers and you know and what we're about really is 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 having that community to, to you know to connect people and to actually um, yeah just just get people talking really and if you like you said about having a network of people about who know stuff about business mm-hmm. you know that's really what I believe in and you know want to create because yeah. like I've said in the intro um you know it was something that I would have loved to have had you know yeah. starting out initially but it's something that I've realized you know we all need now and not just because of business you know this is like 
you know, I want to emphasize this, is about anything, you know, mm-hmm. it, like whatever kind of challenges you're going through in life, you know, yeah. if you've got a community of people around you who get it and get yeah. you, yeah. you know, you're going to do so much better in terms of, you know, get getting through it and actually progressing with your life, you know, and uh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's just like, you, if you think about our ideas and beers group um, in Swansea, like not everyone has a business and in fact, a lot of them come along just because it's an open welcome environment where you can literally voice your fears or you know sound some ideas and you know it's it's relaxed it's informal but it means a lot to people to have that around them hmm. so yeah well i mean with your business now as well going back to that i mean what would you say is like the well if, if you were to speak to somebody now who was in your shoes two years mm. ago starting out what would you give in terms of advice like what would you say well i although i make fun of it i do think messy action is better than no action so oh, yeah. messy action like that's what i like to call you know stop waiting for the perfect moment and just start taking action like messy action it doesn't have to be perfect mm. seek out your community so seek out the people whether they are online or in your hometown or whatever seek out those people and make a commitment to yourself for your self-development like your continual self-development because like I don't like the term self-help because I feel like if you are if you need help you're in some sort of trouble I like the term self-development because you're already established you're already enough but you are constantly going towards your potential and therefore you're always sort of improving and growing and also taking other people on that journey with you as well okay yeah no I, I really like that actually when, I've never thought about it like that when you said about the self-help mm. thing and about how it's yeah it's almost like you yeah you're not capable of well yeah, I mean, yeah not, not so much that you're not capable of, of like it's it, what you shout when you're drowning help <laughs> like you're not drowning you're <laughs> yeah. fine yeah in fact you you're like more than fine mm. but you know you can learn more because you have like this amazing brain inside of your skull that's like literally infinite and you can mm. absorb so much stuff and i think yeah a continual um commitment to your self-development is really key awesome cool i love that um okay what's well i think you've touched upon it actually it was uh, i was going to say to you i mean what's you know what would you say is the most important tool you can have to get you through life you know i think you've you have touched <laughs> upon this a couple of times but you know I, I think it's actually your mindset your mindset yeah yeah so your mindset like um, there's this amazing businesswoman from America called Marie Forleo, right? And she's coined the phrase, um, everything is figureoutable. Yeah. Like everything is figureoutable. And if you have that belief, like you can figure anything out, you can deal with anything that comes towards you. That's just one belief, but it like covers everything in life. Then you will progress because, and again, like I said, we just remember that your life is not about you. It's about what you do for other people. And like the the gain from that is actually you know your own fulfillment mm. and your own development, so definitely a mindset like focus on your mindset and I think you know perfectly about mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's like your bread and butter. That is my bread and butter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. What's okay. yours then? What's your... what's my what's my main two important tool? Yeah. Positivity for me. I think positivity, so I, I found that mindset um, or grow, a growth mindset is kind of dissected into about seven different segments. Um, you know, I won't go into them all uh, today, you know, 
but if anybody wants to, to drop podcast. us an email, yeah, another <laughs> podcast, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, but one of those those kind of pillars, if you like, the seven pillars of mindset, what I call them is, um, one of them's positivity. Mm. So positivity for me has always been the one which I hold in highest regard. You mm. know, don't get me wrong, all of the other pillars, like in terms of resilience and things like that, they're all just as important. But I think you've got to be, you've got to remain positive mm-hmm. in order to be more resilient, to be, you know, to actually get yourself, you know, you can be resilient to get you through a situation but you've also got to be positive about it and positive to think you know what no actually I, I i hold i've got a bit of optimism for this i think this is going to get better i think this is going to you know really you know like if, if you're talking in terms of uh let's say you know you, you know you're not doing well in your job or or, or the or sorry not so much doing well but the, the business you're in or you're working in uh it's looking as though it's going to close let's say it's just not earning enough money you know let's say you work for Woolworths um you know a couple of years back and you know you you kind of hear the war stories and you think oh actually hold on this is not looking good for you know looking good for us you know and that's something that's it's going to be daunting you know especially if you're reliant on that income and I think you know in that situation yeah you could just go oh do you know what actually it's you know I, I'm, I'm going to I'm not going to worry about it and this and that, but you know, it's. I think if you remain positive in that situation, I think you know what, whatever happens, happens. I'm actually mm. gonna, I'm gonna make it through this situation and come out on the other side. It is, it <laughs> is, yeah. I mean, um, I and I've used this so many times, like positivity, you know. And funny enough, one of my business partners from uh, the one of the companies I had, better gentleman. Um, I remember when we were actually when we were shutting down the uh, the business. I think we had to run it for about a year and a half when we were shutting it down. I was really excited and I was like, oh, this is great, you know, because this is, a, you know, it's a really good learning experience and, you know, it's, uh, I'm excited for what the next thing is now because of the lessons I'm taking for this and he was just looking at me stupid. He was like, why is it, how can you be so like, you know, happy or excited, like, you know, in this, in this kind of moment? And I was like, well, you know, you've got to be, you know, I can't yeah. look at this as a, a failure, you, can, you know, I, I don't look at anything as a failure. I don't look at anything as a, you know, a setback. I literally just look at anything, everything that has happened to me in my life or anything that I've done, and you know, which has turned out bad as a, as a lesson. Because as soon as you call it a failure or a mistake or a setback, you instantly disempower yourself, if that's even a word. <laughs> but, you, you know, you, you take away the power to really correct things and to to, to and to actually just take the lessons from it and learn from it yeah you know and the i think there's a po- podcast with joe rogan and guy ritchie and you know he talks about that a little bit as well you know mm. it's, it's essentially it's taking ownership of your life and uh the where he gets that from is a book called uh extreme ownership uh by jocko willink and leif babin really 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 good book i highly recommend that i listen to it on audible because it's about 12 hours long but it is an amazing <laughs> it's an amazing listen uh, and that's essentially what it's uh what it's about is taking ownership of your life taking ownership of your your thoughts and even the stuff that you don't think has anything to do with you i mean we're quick to blame other people but you know when we blame other people for something that we may have had a slight bit of you know something to do with uh, or impact on we instantly we disempower ourselves from the lesson that we could learn in that situation and i think it's important to actually take those lessons no matter how small because you will you know it's part of being it's a part of a growth mindset you yeah. know it is part of a growth mindset so that for me is yeah there's a lot there's a long explanation it was but, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though that you should say like with positivity because like i think i am predisposed to positivity but I like to think of myself as um, sunny, 
but realistic. And I, I think that comes across in the way I dress as well because I always have a beanie hat on hmm. with a pair of sunglasses on top. And you know if you live in Swansea and it's guaranteed to like rain like six out of seven days a week, like everyone's like, why have you got sunglasses on? And I'm like, because the sun might come out. <laughs> And and do you know what you've touched upon that, and I'm in shorts currently, yeah. and we are in February. Yeah, we're in February, and I'm in shorts. But I I just, I, yeah, I know I know what you're saying. I I can't realistic you know, with a sunny disposition. Yeah, as soon as we get out of January in the Christmas period, I'm like, you know what, this, this shorts are coming out now. You know, even if I freeze a little bit, just because I'm a summer guy. I you know I don't like winter. I'm not a fan of it. But you know, you know, it, <coughs> ooh, excuse me, just dying. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, so I'm just to end this now, um, I've got one uh, one more question. This is something we're going to be doing with all of the podcasts. And uh, I just want to find out a little bit about, you know, well, a li- little bit about what you might um, want to see happen in the world. Okay, so I want you to think of an idea um, or an existing idea you might already have that you, you know, that you're happy to share mm. uh, that you'd like to see happen in the world. You know, what would you like to see happen in the world and am I, why? Am I allowed to steal someone else's idea? Oof, as long as it's, uh, you know, it, I don't know about GDPR and, you know, oh, data yeah. protection here. You know, as long as they're happy for you to share their idea, then you go right ahead. I just think, so I think Scandinavian countries are actually starting to do it. It mm. seemed a bit sci-fi-ish, like, when it first mm. started coming out in the news. But um, it's about, like, roads that can power electric cars when you drive on them. So you literally drive on the road and it will like charge the car. So the road, I don't know how this works. Like I'm not, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I really love it. And also on a similar sort of environmentally friendly stance, like rather than, so with the new roads, because we've got so much like plastic and whatnot, creating new roads actually out of plastic. I don't know like the pros and cons, but I just, I just love the idea of like, you know, reusing and sort of, having a better solution than what we've currently got now for our plastic waste uh yeah i've seen i haven't seen the first one i know what you're talking about with the second one with mm. the you know uh with, with actually you know yeah laying the roads and the you know instead of putting yeah. tarmac down you're putting you know kind of a recycled plastic and why down. aren't our roads like solar powered like that would work as well would it not i it's too expensive is it yeah i mean i have is seen it more expensive than like a dying planet i'm not sure that's a good that is a good point that is a (laughs) really good point. how much do like all of the floods all of the storms all Mm. of like and this is very topical right now as well because it is we've had so many floods but Mm -hmm. how much is that costing yeah that's a very very good point like at which point does the scale like tip yeah and that's the uh, do you know on that i think that's the unfortunate thing based on in in the kind of environment we live in where gdp gross domestic product is the way that you kind of value a country mm. uh, it's it's quite unfortunate because you know the profits of a company or the or the valuation of a company you know it's the more the more we spend on on things like you said flood defenses or, th- yeah. or things like that essentially it takes it away from and like you know, nuclear the... weapons like do you know what i mean there's quite a bit trillion going into that isn't yeah there? yeah Come on, you Scandies! Like, sort the planet out for us. <laughs> yeah, I They're think like uh, you've touched you touch upon a really good point there. Actually, I'd like to, if any of you have got any uh, information on uh, you know, two of the ideas that Emma's just um, you know mentioned there, how that could work, and if you've got any kind of ideas yourself about what's 
you know, what, what, what you think needs to happen in the world and why you think it should happen. Um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. It'd be, uh, it'd be really great to hear from you. Um, you can get in touch with, uh, with us through, um, like I said, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and we've got the website as well. So the website's www.ideasbeers.co. Instagram, ideasbeers.co. Twitter, ideas and beers, and <laughs> Facebook, ideas and beers. Nice and simple. And um, Emma, would you like to uh, would you like to give your socials for the business? Yeah, Empire ninety two. Yes. Empire ninety two dot com. Cool. Empire ninety two. <laughs> Boom, and it's Empire with two M's. It is. Just like want to say that. Two mountain yeah. peaks. Like two mountain peaks. Yeah, if you see on the website, uh, it will make a lot of sense. And I didn't notice this first, but once you pointed out, I was like, oh, that's genius. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. That's not a problem. Well, thank you for having me in the living room as well. It's very homely. It's very nice. You're and it's welcome. quite warm. Yes, it is. <laughs> in your shorts. In my shorts. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, stay tuned for the next podcast, which will be in, uh, in a couple of days, like I said. And that will be with uh, two gentlemen who have a property company. Uh, So we'll uh, tell you more about that on the day. Thank you very much and have a good night. Bye.